Titus chapter 3, verses 10 and 11 speak to this kind of individual. Titus chapter 3, 10 and 11. Reject a factious man. That doesn't just mean men. There's factious women too, right? But reject a factious man. You know what that word factious actually translates? In the King James, the King James gets it right. It renders it perfect. Heretic. Heretic. This is the right understanding of a heretic. I'll explain it in just a second. Reject a factious man, a heretic, after a first and second warning, knowing that such a man is perverted and is sinning, being self-condemned. This is the loving Apostle Paul speaking, just so you know, right? This is first century Christianity who understood really what Jesus was talking about by love, which is to tell people the truth, right? So Paul says that they're heretics, they're perverted, and they're sinning. A heretic. The difference uh, in a heretic and somebody who simply holds an unorthodox view, hear me, church, We live in a hyper-sensitive culture in every area, and in the church it's no better, so that when somebody disagrees with you, the very first thing that happens is we stamp them with the label heretic, we put that scarlet letter on them, and we send them away from our church. A heretic is not somebody who holds an unorthodox view. A heretic is a person who holds an unorthodox view and causes dissension over that unorthodox view. Every single one of us at one point in our life, and maybe even now, held to or holds to unorthodox views. You know what that is? That's that's an issue of immaturity. (laughs) That's an issue of growth, an issue of understanding. It's not an issue of being a divisive person who doesn't belong to Jesus. The second identifier of that person in Titus is that they are perverted, but obviously this is not what we think with that word perversion in a sexual connotation. These people are perverting the word of God or the truth of God. So make sure you understand that. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Paul writes uh, to his young son in the faith something about this kind of person as well. 1 Timothy chapter 6. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 through 5, here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine conforming to godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing. Let me identify two really important things, okay? Those who differ in doctrine, they don't agree with sound words. How does the Apostle Paul define sound words? Look what he says here. He says, those teachings which accord or those sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ. If Jesus said it, we believe it. Case closed, church. That's one point of division. There are things that Jesus says we don't like. Tough. We submit. We trust him. Why? He's the Lord of glory, right? And then look at that second piece. And with the doctrine conforming to godliness. Now, this is a big one for me. This is a big one for me. Because there are groups in the church today that would promote the idea that says, we're sinners. We are. We're saved by grace. We are. We're saints. We are. But there are groups in the church that say, you're a horrible, miserable, wretched sinner, and you will never, ever be anything other than that. No matter how hard you try, you can't do it. This 
this lies. This lies. It's actually this doctrine that they're fighting against. Against sound doctrine which accords with godliness. We've been given everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. Amen, church? You have been given it. You're not waiting for it. There is no temptation that you face that you cannot overcome. Did you know that? And guess why? Because Jesus provided an out. You know what happens when you succumb to temptation? You be stupid. (laughs) You are sinning. You have chosen to reject God. You have chosen to say, I know what you said. I know what I can do. But no. So one of these false doctrines, one of these divisive people or or the people that advocate a different doctrine, they're advocating a doctrine that does not conform to godliness. You're incapable. You are not incapable. The Spirit of God rests in you. It's all about godliness, church. So verse 4, he goes on, 1 Timothy 6. He is conceited and understands nothing. Now, Now Paul just starts digging. But he has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words, out of which arise envy, strife, abusive language, evil suspicions, and constant friction between who? Between the people they still are. Look at it. Between men of depraved minds. Do you know who we are as Christians? Those who have been renewed in our mind. Do we need to be renewed every day? Make no mistake. We need to be renewed every day of our lives. But these people are perpetually stuck in those depraved minds. And they're deprived of the truth. Wow, what a line there. Believe me, this list can go on and on who these people are. This is no doubt why when we talk about church discipline, there is a marked difference between someone caught in sin. If we are caught in a sin, how are we supposed to handle that? As a brother, we are to restore them. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? And it doesn't matter what the sin is. Read the Bible. David was a murderer and an adulterer. I praise God that he's a restorer. And then, okay, I'm, I'm not saying he'll restore you, so go sin. That's not, don't hear me on that, right? What I am saying is that God is a restorer. So when our brother or sister is caught in sin, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to restore them. But what's the marked difference between a divisive person? Paul says, turn them away and have nothing to do with them. And keep an eye on them. What did Titus tell us? Warn them once, warn them twice, have nothing to do with them. You go, Nathan, that's not loving. Ah, you're looking at it from the wrong angle. Who are we being loving to? Do you let a wolf into the sheep pack and call that loving? (laughs) No. You cast them out because you're loving. There's only one way to view this church. You cast them out so as to be loving. So this list could go on and on. Last thing on this point, though, is back to verse number three. I said that these people espouse doctrines that cause people to stumble. Do you remember what Jesus says about these kinds of people? Ones who cause little ones to stumble? Okay, brace yourself. Those were Paul's words. Maybe he's a meanie, right? Let's deal with hippie Jesus. Let's deal with what Jesus says because he's all love all the time according to the 21st century. Here's Jesus' words. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble, it'd be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and drown in the depths of the sea. 